apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 2011210L. Call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I'm Steve Risser, along here with Justin Anafrio. And we are here. The big game is Sunday between the Niners and the Chiefs, a rematch of a game four years ago, which the Niners had in the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs came back and ended up winning that game uh, 31-20. to 20. So, But, I mean, the, the, the Niners, both these teams kind of took different paths into the Super Bowl. The Niners pretty much all year long look like the best team in the NFC. And even though they had that three-game losing streak in the middle of the season, pretty much all year long they look like the best team in the NFC. And there's really no surprise they're here. Now, at the beginning of the season, we probably all thought the Chiefs would get here, but watching them during the year, you were probably thinking, this isn't their year, this isn't their year, they're probably going to go one and done, they're probably going to go one and done, and they flipped the script, and then they started turning on. I mean, then uh, they, they ended up beating the Dolphins, they played well there, they beat the Bills, they upset they upset the Ravens, they go on the road for the first time, Holmes went on the road, beat the Bills. And he, beat, and he beat the Ravens, and he beat the Bills and Ravens, and now they're here again in their fourth Super Bowl in five years. Second time they played the Niners, too, because they beat them in Super Bowl 54. So, so this should be a really, really good game between these two teams. But before we get into our prediction and everything, we'll f- first talk about what the teams have to do to win this game. And, and uh, we'll start with Kansas City. We'll, we'll start with what Kansas City needs to do to win this game. And I think the first thing they need to do is contain Christian McCaffrey. They can't let Christian McCaffrey at a big day. Do what they did against Baltimore. 
contain the running game, contain their running game. They got to contain the Niners running game. Got to contain Christian McCaffrey. That is a big, big key for them to win the game because if, if, if that happens, they, they, they'll force Brock Purdy to be one dimensional. And then they could also get pressure on Brock Purdy with Chris Jones and with George Corlapis. So containing the running game is probably the most important thing they have to do. Number two, protect Mahomes. Protect Mahomes. And I know it's going to be difficult because of Joe Tooney not being there, but protecting Mahomes is key because if they protect Mahomes, uh, he's going to be able to score on that defense. He's going to be, we've seen him have success against the Niners. If they're able to protect Patrick Mahomes, he'll be able to score on that defense. And then number three, uh, number three is cont- contain George Kittle. Contain George Kittle. Uh, uh, George Kittle, uh, he's uh, he's their best player on offense. And if he has a big game, they, they could they, they de- Chiefs could be in trouble. So containing George Kittle is definitely key for Kansas City to get a win. Now, if they do all those things, there's a very, very good chance they win the game. Justin, what are your keys to the Chiefs winning? Yeah, my theory, um, I'll start with number one, my first one, and kind of one that you had as well is protect Patrick Mahomes. Um you know, we saw that Super Bowl a couple years ago with the Bucks. They could not protect them at all, and you know, um, just you know, offensively, they they you know, they 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 get killed that day. And you know, and you mentioned Joe Tooney's probably be out on this one, and Nick Algretti is gonna step in that spot, and he he did play pretty well um, against the Ravens there a couple weeks ago in the AFC Championship game. So I, you know, we'll see. But yeah, they can give Mahomes time. Um, you know, it's Nick Bosa and. You know, in that San Francisco pass rush, you know they're gonna have some. You know, they should have be able to have success. And number two is get get to Purdy without blitzing, because um, Purdy's been one of the better QBs versus the blitz this year. And you know, we saw the FC Championship game as well. He's eight. You know, he could escape out of the pocket and use his legs to kind of pick up first downs when he has to. And and if you could kind of have seven in the Chiefs can put seven guys in the coverage, it does help slow down that San Francisco offense a little bit. Um, because Purdy is good at getting the ball out and good at kind of anticipating anticipating where his guy's going to be. So um, if they can kind of get to him without blitzing, I think that'd be huge for him. The number three is is Mahomes, um, you know, just plays a plays a uh, great game. Because, I, you know, I know San Francisco really hasn't played their A game in a couple months. And they're in about a month and a half or so. It's kind of since pretty much that Eagles game. They really haven't, you know, haven't been great. So... You know, and I feel like in this one, like if Mahomes goes out there, plays like a B minus C plus game, and throws a couple interceptions, they don't convert in the red zone. Like I think the Niners could kind of come in there and um and beat them, but because I feel like if Purdy makes a mistake or two, the Niners do have a ton of talent where they can kind of pick them up. Where we haven't, you know, and I know the Chiefs defense has been playing really really well, um, but this Niners team's got a lot of offense. So I think two for like Mahomes, um, you know, converting that offense, converting the red zone. You know, playing turnover free and all that, picking up big first downs with his legs, you know, on third down. So I think those are my three for the uh, Chiefs. Yeah. And I mean, you talk about the Niners not playing that well or a complete game. They really, they've only lost one game in that stretch. And that was the Raven game. But yeah, yeah, you got a point. I mean, yeah, they got down, they got down early to the, uh, to, to, to the Lions. They didn't play well at the start. Of, they, they, they got down to the Packers. So I think a big key to the Niners is, is they got to get off to a fast start. They got to get off to a fast start in this game. And if they do, it would be to their benefit because then they can get that running game going with Christian McCaffrey. They're not the team that can fall behind in this game because just because of the quarterbacks. They, they can't fall. Like the Chiefs could fall behind, and I think they could they could win the game. The Niners, this time around, and this isn't the NFC, this is this isn't the NFC championship game. I don't think they, I don't think they could fall behind. I don't think they're the team that could fall behind in this game and expect to win. The Niners got to get off to a quick start. 
Yeah, they absolutely do. Um, you know, I'll kind of go because that's actually one of my points, so I'll kind of save it. But I, I totally agree with you that it, it's key to get it out to a fast start for the 49ers uh, Sunday night. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They, 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 they definitely do. And now getting to the Niners in this game, uh, what, the, what they have to do to win this game. Uh, the, uh, the, the uh, first they got it, they got it, they have to uh, get pressure on Mahomes. And even if, uh, and, e- and even if they have to blitz, I mean, I know they don't blitz much at all, the Niners, but even if they have to blitz, if they're not getting there before, they should blitz because you saw the success that the Ravens had. You saw the success that the Ravens had against the uh, Chiefs, uh, when they, when they, in the second half, late, late first half, and, and in this, into the second half when they blitzed, they got them off the field four to five times. So if the Niners have to blitz, and I know they don't blitz a lot, but if they have to blitz and play some man coverage on third down, they got to do it because I think I think the Chiefs receivers have trouble beating man coverage. And Mahomes, yeah, you say you can't blitz him, but he really doesn't have he doesn't have that Tyree kill anymore. That he can just go to with with, uh, with, a, with a guy with, with, in man coverage. He doesn't have that guy, Tyree kill. Travis Kelsey, yes, that's the one guy you be careful be careful with. But there's the one uh, the one receiver he used to have he doesn't have anymore. So. I would blitz more if I'm the Niners. So getting pre- but betting pressure on Mahomes, I think it's the biggest key for them. Uh, then number two is getting Christian McCaffrey going. Getting Christian McCaffrey going is going to be a humongous key for the Niners in this game. You just can't be one to match with Brock Purdy. They got to get that run game going with Christian McCaffrey. That is a huge, huge, huge key. And then lastly is protecting Brock Purdy. Protecting Brock Purdy, uh, making sure the, 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 the uh, Corlovis and Jones don't have big games. If they do all those things, there's a very good chance that uh, I just I just switched to what the Niners got to do to win the game. But but uh, yeah, if they do all those things, the Niners is a very very good chance that that they can win this football game. Yeah, my theory, um, you know, my first one for the Niners is as you mentioned a few minutes ago, getting out to that fast start, and because we really haven't seen it from them so far in the playoffs, and the Chiefs in the first half so far in the three playoff games, they've uh, 46 of their 70 points have come in the first half, and the Niners haven't even scored a point yet in the first quarter. And and I think Tom Brady's mentioned this in the past as well. Like, it's tough to get in a rhythm in this game because of the longer TV commercials, the longer halftime. Like, if Brock Purdy in this offense, does, they don't come out firing early. I think it's tough to kind of get in a rhythm and get into the flow of the game. And I think the Niners really need to come out to a fast start to kind of get that offense going because you fall behind. I think, you know, it, it's going to be tough to be able to – um to find that rhythm in this type of game. So I think for San Francisco, my number one thing is getting out to fast start. Um, my second one is, is, you know, we're in the football, you know, we saw the bills go for 180 on them. We saw the Raiders on Christmas day, go for 157 yards in Kansas city and not complete a, a pass for the final three quarters. And they still went in there and beat Kansas city. So they got San Francisco has got to be able to run the football. They have to, you know, they have a much better plan than the Ravens at two weeks ago. And, and, you know, use use McCaffrey to their advantage in this one. And then number three is containing Mahomes. You know, don't let him extend plays on third down. He's so good, especially in the playoffs, of just those third and eights, those thirds and nines, just getting to the sticks, get picking up the first down. Um, you know, Nick Bosa did have two sacks against the Lions. Like, can he get going? I know Chase Young, you know, there's a couple plays you saw in that Lions game. You kind of saw the effort's not there from him. Like, they need him out there um, giving 100% on, on Sunday. So, um, you know, that's, that's my third one there for, for San Francisco to win the, win the football game. Yeah. And, and, uh, you talked about the running game for the 49ers. It's so crucial. And here's the thing. 
if they're running the ball well late in the game, Shanahan has got to continue to run the ball. This is what's happened in these big games with Kyle Shanahan, as we've known. The Super Bowl against the Patriots and then the Super Bowl against the, the last Super Bowl he was in against the Chiefs. He stopped running the ball when he had success. He's got to keep running the ball if he has success, uh, if he has success on Sunday. Yeah, the absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned it. The 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 um the loss in the OC with the Falcons up twenty eight to three, couldn't hold on. Um, you know, yeah, we've seen him like you know, times he doesn't know what to do. At times he's too conservative, and then other times he's way too aggressive. Like he just, you know, he's got to kind of change some things up this week, and and you kind of hope and you know like. Jake Moody hasn't been great as a kicker. Like, you know, some, you know, what are some of his decisions going to be on, you know, fourth and threes from, you know, the, the Chiefs' 30? So, yeah, like Shanahan hasn't been great at times as, a, a, you know, um, in game management. So, and again, you're going up against one of the best in Andy Reid. So he better uh, have his A game. Oh, he definitely has to. He definitely has to have, have his A game. I mean, this is, and this is a huge chance, chance for this 49er team. They've been knocking on the door for a while. They've been, they, 2019, they lost the Super Bowl. 2020, they had all the injuries. 2021, NFC Championship game. 2022, NFC Championship game. Eventually, they're going to have to pay Brock Purdy. So, the, I think this is very, very important for the Niners to cash in on this opportunity because they have the better roster in this game. The Niners have the better roster. The Chiefs just have the better quarterback. But just like in 2019, the Niners got the better overall team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does. And, you know, you talk about the Niners have the better roster. It has kind of this feel of like Michigan, Alabama, a couple weeks in the Rose Bowl. Like everybody was on Alabama. Nobody really respect, you know, had nobody really thought that Michigan could win that game. It kind of feels the same way here. Like everybody's taking Kansas City. I don't know if I'm totally like nobody's giving Kansas uh, San Francisco a shot, but it just seems like the whole world is kind of like, oh, Kansas City is going to win this game. It kind of has that feel. Um, but yeah, like San Francisco, they've had their opportunities. They finally, you know, four years ago, they were up 10 in the fourth quarter against these Chiefs and they couldn't hold on. And yeah, at some point you're gonna have to to uh, pay Brock Purdy and they got a ton of really good skill position guys. Um, they've done a really good job building this roster. So yeah, you know, you can't keep all these guys. It's, it's going to be tough when you have to pay your quarterback. So yeah, the time's kind of closing here for San Francisco to get it done on, on this kind of rookie friendly deal with your quarterback and Brock Purdy. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why they got to take advantage of it on Sunday. And you and you did talk about the uh, the fact that the people a lot of people aren't giving the Niners respect. They are favored in this game. Don't forget about that. Yeah, yeah, they are. And that was the same thing with um, you know, Michigan was two point favorite as well. And you know, everybody was picking Alabama to win that game. So yeah, you know, I know. So it's it kind of got the same yeah type of feel. Like you know, San Francisco. Yeah, they got the better roster, but um, and their favorite. But yeah, everybody's kind of you know, you got Mahomes versus. Purdy and he kind of was like the Saban versus uh Harbaugh. Like Harbaugh can't win these big spots and Saban just, you know, no matter what wins he. So yeah, it's kind of got that same type of feel in this game. Uh yep, definitely, it definitely does. Now getting to the game, and uh I, I think this is gonna be a close competitive game between both teams. Obviously, it's gonna be close and competitive. I think that, but I think the difference in this game is is I do think the Niners are gonna be stubborn. They're not going to blitz a lot, so I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a big game through the air. I think both teams are going to struggle to run the ball, but I do think Mahomes has a big game through the air. I think he throws a couple touchdown passes. And I do think – I don't think McCaffrey is a huge day, but I think he has, gets his yards on the ground. I do think Purdy plays well, but I think the difference is going to be is, is two things. Mahomes is going to make less mistakes than Brock Purdy because I do think Purdy is going to make a mistake, turn the ball over, make a mistake in this game because of, because, because of the lack of experience. And the other thing is is the red zone. When they get into the red zone, I think that I think the Chiefs are going to score touchdowns. The Niners are going to kick field goals. 
And that's a, and that's what I think is going to be the difference in the game. And that's why I got the Chiefs winning their third Super Bowl in five years. At the beginning of the season, I picked the Chiefs to beat the Niners. I'm going to stick with it. I got the Chiefs to beat. The, I got the Chiefs beating the Niners for the second time in five years, and the Chiefs winning their third Super Bowl in five years. I got them winning 28-23 over the Niners. But Justin, can the Niners get revenge from what happened four years ago? I'm with you. I got the Chiefs as well, 23 to 20. Um, yeah, I, I think Mahomes makes enough plays in this one. I think Travis Kelsey, he's, you know, I know regular season numbers, you know, for this whole offense were kind of down, and but Kelsey's really played well so far in the postseason. I think he makes a couple big plays. That's kind of been their outlet guy on on third down this postseason. I think he makes a couple of crucial catches. Um, I think Pacheco has a good game on the ground. Um, they do enough in the in the um, red zone and. And I, I think two special teams of this one. I think the Chiefs in that in that unit are are better. And you know, I trust Harrison Bucker and in a big spot. You know, with uh, in the kicking game more than I trust Jake Moody. So I do think the Kansas City Chiefs won another one, their third one in the last five years. And Mahomes, uh, Mahomes in, in Kansas City in the year where the last couple of weeks on Christmas, you didn't think that this team had a chance, but uh, here they are yet again, winning another one. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, they really never. Yeah, yeah. On Christmas, you thought really there was no way they were. I, I still thought they were going to do it, but many people didn't think they were going to do it because of how bad their offense was. But for this game, I want the Niners to win because I just feel like, and we'll get to this, an organization like them deserves to get a championship the way for how much success they've had over the last five years. But I just can't pick against Patrick Mahomes. It's like it's like Tom Brady in his prime. You can't pick against Tom Brady. You really can't pick against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't. You know, they just find a way to get it done every year, and uh, yeah, it's it's tough to pick against them. And and yeah, it kind of felt like uh, you know, I know I picked against them. You know, in the AFC Championship game, thought Baltimore was going to finally break through this year. They didn't. So yeah, it's just it's tough to pick against that 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 uh that franchise. And you know, Mahomes usually finds a way in the postseason, no matter what. And yeah, I think uh, I think he'll find a way to do it again. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so too. And yeah, you bet against them all postseason. You picked up against them against the Bills. You picked against them against oh, the Ravens. But, 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 yeah, but, you, but you got to go with them now because you know it's just Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes in the big game. It's just he's so so hard to go against. Yeah, yeah, he is. You know, he, he definitely is. He shows up, and uh, you know that offense. They, you know, they they've changed their ways. You know, too since kind of that Christmas game. Um, you know, in their offensive philosophy, just trying to. Um, nickel and dime everything kind of you know more chewing the clock and you know not trying to hit those big explosive plays so yeah they they kind of changed their identity and it, it's worked and I expect them to do the same thing Sunday yeah I, th- I think so too I, th- I think so too I think the Chiefs win their third Super Bowl in five years but now staying on the Chiefs and if they win their third Super Bowl in five years where does this put Patrick Mahomes with the top QBs with the top QBs to play this game yeah, for me, I I put him in the top. I think he's got to be in the top five. Um, you know, that'd be number three for him already. He's still, what, 28, 29 years old. So um, he's been phenomenal. Um, you know, and I think, like, skill set-wise, like, the things he can do, like the passes on the run, the sidearm stuff, you know, what he can do with his legs. I don't, you know, I know he's doing Lamar Jackson, but he could still pick up the first sounds of his legs. Like, in that retrospect you know like i think him and like rogers like the two best that can do that type of stuff so look and he's been a winner you know um you know that's all he's kind of done in this league and i know we'll get to andy reed but this franchise what when reed took it over there two and 14 and you know he did a good job with alex smith but it, you know Mahomes has definitely taken that next step 
since he became the quarterback here. So I, I think he'd be number. I think he'd be in the top five all time. Oh, I clearly think he's going to be top five all time. It's hard for me. I think he's definitely better than Peyton if he wins. He's definitely better than Elway if he wins. I I would say it'd be close between him and Montana. But I'm if he wins an MVP, I'm probably taking him over Montana. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, you know, and I know it's it's like such a different game too now. You know, with the way these offenses are, you know, with the with, with how much the offenses have philosophies have changed over the years. Um, but yeah, I could kind of see that case putting him even above Montana. Um, you know, the crazy thing is he's still, he still hasn't even hit 30 years old. So yeah, he's just, you know, he's a phenomenal player to watch and, you know, he's been exciting and like, he really hasn't done it this year. I know Kelsey's one of the best tight ends out there, but he hasn't done it like with, you know, like he has not had a tire kill this year. Like he's kind of done it with a very mediocre wide receiver core as well. That's the most amazing thing about him is they traded for Tyreek Hill two years ago and the last two years they made the Super Bowl. That's the, that's the most amazing thing about Patrick Mahomes is, is they've gotten rid of his best player and he's made it to the Super Bowl. That shows you his greatness and it shows you why right now he's clearly, there's no, there's nobody who's close to him in the league or actively. There's no one close to him. And, and it shows you why he is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, because they lost one of their best offensive players, and he got to he got the two Super Bowls after that. They're, they've ne- there's they've never not made the Super Bowl since they traded Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah, you know it's it, it's kind of like they they've it, it's like kind of like the Patriots, like you know they got rid of guys, but they you know Brady and Belichick still found a way to get there, and or you know AFC Championship game, I they have a little bit harder for Brady and Bill to get there. We, you know it's you know then. Right now, with all these quarterbacks that have been banged up, but yeah, it's so remarkable what they've done this year. And yeah, trading their best weapon and still find a way to get there this year and the year nobody really thought they would. So yeah, it's been impressive. And uh, you know, yeah, because Tiger Kill is one of the best wide receivers in the in the sport. Uh, oh, he, he clearly is. He clearly is. He clearly is. But since he's left the Chiefs, the Chiefs got two straight Super Bowls because of the greatness of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and that's why we're going to get to Andy Reid. And the big question with Andy Reid is, where does Andy Reid rank with the top coaches in the game with a win, or top coaches of all time with a win? I would say, I'd still say, I don't think he moves up that much because if you look at, uh, because I think still Belichick's ahead of him, Lombardi's ahead of him, Walsh ahead of him, Knowles ahead of him, Shula's still probably ahead of him because he has the all-time wins record in that undefeated season. But I think definitely clearly in the top 10. I think Parcells might be a little bit ahead of him still because of the way Parcells built programs. And then one knock on Reed is going to be is, just like on Belichick, is when he retires, oh, you never won without Patrick Mahomes. So I think he's clearly top 10. I don't know about top, arguably top five, but I'd still say top 10. I don't, even if he wins or loses, I think he doesn't really move up that much. I still think he's a top. I think he just stays, I think he pretty much just stays a top 10 coach. I don't know if he moves up to the top five because I still think the other coaches that I mentioned are still more accomplished than him. Yeah, I put him still in the top five as well. Um, yeah, you know, because I know he, you know, Philly for the longest time there, he just couldn't get over the hump. You know, like he had some really good teams there. They made a couple of Super Bowls, but just yeah, never be able to get over the hump. And you know, and he's kind of been the GM too for the most part in, in Kansas City. You know, and I think in Philly as well. You know, and he's done a really good job of building teams and kind of putting it together. Like you know, I mentioned this, he got there and they're two fourteen, and um, he did a really good job of kind of turning a franchise around that, you know, hadn't been relevant in a while, you know, and they've been on quite a run here. So 
I, I definitely put him in the top five or top 10. And yeah, you know, that's, you know, you mentioned it too, you know, the, the talk of, you know, yeah, he didn't win without Patrick Mahomes when it's all said and done. Um, but I do think he's one of the best play callers offensively. Um, and just, he always gets the most out of, out of the, out of the team as well. So um, I, I, I'd put him in the top 10. Yeah. The, the question was always is, could he win the big game? And he definitely answered that question since Pat, since he got Patrick Mahomes because he's won it twice. So yeah, he'll def he'll definitely be a he's definitely he win or lose he's still a top ten coach. Maybe you could argue that he's a top five coach of all time if he wins this game. But now moving on to the Niners, talking about top five and for Kyle Shanahan, the big question for him is 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 Kyle Shanahan a top five coach in the league with a win? I think you might even argue he's a top five coach now. Now he's not better than uh, than Reed Tomlin. McVay and Harbaugh because they've all won Super Bowls. But if he wins, seeing that Carroll and Belichick aren't coaching next year, I think he's definitely a top five coach if if he wins this game. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, because yeah, no or no Belichick now, no Carroll, and yeah, there's not too many coaches left that have a ring. So, and he's better than McCarthy. I know McCarthy has one, but oh, you're already, McCarthy's oh, top fifteen yeah, barely. Barely, yes, know. exactly. Yeah, at this point in his career, so, yes. Yeah, so. Yeah, there's not too many other guys that have one. So yeah, I I'd say he's one of the top five. He's in, you know, he's in there. Like he does a really good job offensively. You know, teams are always one of the best offense teams in the league. Yeah, the game management stuff is not great, and you kind of hope that he'd hire somebody to kind of help him out with that, or or you know, hopefully he, he kind of learns how to become better. You know, as his career goes on, I know he's still a younger guy. You know, so you hope he gets better, go, you know, but, um, yeah, you know, I think he's done a really good job with this franchise. Um, you know, I think he's done a really good job with Brock Purdy. I know in this offense got a ton of talent and, um, they're really tough to stop. So I definitely put him in the top five. The only guy you would argue is Sean Payton, but with the year, Sean, I know it's Sean Payton. That was his first year, but the year he had in Denver, I probably put him ahead of Sean Payton with the win. Sean Payton might be still ahead of him right now, but if with the win, I put him ahead of Sean Payton. I put him as a top five head coach. Yeah, I wouldn't argue that. Yeah, I wouldn't argue against that because, yeah, I think Pay- I, the one thing with Payton that Broncos, they did get better throughout the year. I know it kind of finished rough, but the way it started, you thought that thing was going to be a complete disaster, and they did kind of fear a way out of it. Um, But, yeah, you know, if I, I couldn't really argue that if, if you know, Shanahan wins one here and, and kind of, you know, get, get gets, uh, gets a Super Bowl ring this week. Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. And our last question is going to be is, does the Niners winning make John Lynch the best GM in the league? And I'd say yes. I'd say yes. Because, you know, look, look, look at the roster he has. He's pretty much built the, the one of the top rosters in football. And, and, and a lot of it's been done with, with some late round picks like George Kittle and Fred Warner. But then, because really, there's really not a weakness. The really weakness on this team is their offensive line outside of Trent Williams, but that's not even that bad. They're average at at least every position on the field. They clearly have the best roster in football. So I know John Lynch made that terrible trade for Trey Lance, but the thing you respect about him too is he got the mistake out of the room and he admitted he was wrong. And and because he could have went into the season and said, oh yeah, nope, we're going to play the guy I picked number three overall and not and not be the team that they are. But no, they knew they were things were working with Brock Purdy. They stuck with Brock Purdy. He admitted his mistake, trading up for John, for, trading up for uh, Trey Lance. So I think yes, if if they win this game, he is the best GM in the league. I'm with you. I think you brought brought up a great point of yeah, it's like not being stubborn because yeah, there's a lot of other GMs that would stick to their guns and. Would keep, would keep their franchise cool, you know, the guy they drafted there as long as, you know, trying to 
figure out how to get them to uh, be the franchise guy. And yeah, he kind of pulled the trigger and just got it over with. So yeah, there, you know, not a lot of GMs do that. So I would put him up there. The only other pick I'd kind of fault him on is drafting Jake Moody in the third round. That's the only other one I would kind of get on him a little bit. Um, but other than that, yeah, like they've done a really good job building this roster. They built it, the defensive line kind of starting with, you know, up front and, you know, finding Brock Purdy there, the last pick of the draft. And, and then, you know, what they Dan will do with Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, you know, bringing in McCaffrey. And then, so, yeah, I think John Lynch is done a, you mentioned, they, there's not really a weakness at all in this, in this team. And they definitely have the best roster. And for a while, it kind of felt like nobody in the league was going to beat San Francisco. And the Super Bowl was going to be theirs, barring injuries. And I know they haven't played great the last couple of weeks, but like if this team brings their A game, there's not many teams that are uh, going to be able to beat them. Nope, 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 not at all. Not at all, not at all. So we will move on to the NFL awards, and we'll start with the uh, offensive uh, rookie of the year. And I think that's pretty obvious. I know Sam Laporta and Puka Nakua had great years, but it's got to go to C.J. Stroud. The year he had in Houston is, was phenomenal. That team is really, really ahead of schedule. They'll be Super Bowl contenders next year. You could you could argue right now C.J. Stroud is a top-10 quarterback in the league. He had an outstanding year, and it's pretty obvious that he's going to win uh, offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, absolutely. C.J. Stroud was awesome this year. Um, and that wide receiver core got banged up towards the end of the year as well. And they, they were still kind of putting up some pretty good numbers offensively. Um, so yeah, Stroud, and you, you kind of see what a quarterback can do for a franchise, bringing him in as a rookie and CJ Stroud really turned the, really turned the air on the Texans very, very quickly. Oh, he, he did. He did. And uh, it's going to be fun to see him and uh, him and Trevor Lawrence go at it in the next couple of years. That's going to be a lot of fun see them go out even Anthony Richardson if he stays healthy so but it's definitely going to be fun to see him and Trevor Lawrence go at it in the next couple of years yeah it absolutely will um yeah those two could be the front runners a lot in the AFC AFC South in the next couple of years and there should be some great battles with two franchises that have been great over the years and maybe you know both this quarterback trying to change the narratives down there yeah definitely absolutely yeah definitely now defensive rookie of the year this is a little bit harder because uh it looked like early on it was going to be Jalen Carter then Will Anderson came on and then uh and then uh and then you saw Devin Witherspoon in Seattle but I'm still going to go with Jalen Carter I'm still going to go with Jalen Carter he had a really really good rookie year with the Eagles uh Will Anderson had 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 a had a really good year too it's really close but I'm going to go with Jalen Carter I'm going to take Jalen Carter for my defensive rookie of the year I went with Will Anderson I couldn't take Carter just because of the way that defense played the last, what, two months or whatever. And yeah. Carter only played, I think, 40% of the snaps. So I went with Anderson. He had seven sacks in the year. Um, I thought he did a really – I thought he started to play really well towards the end of the season. And I thought with them making the playoffs, kind of do the surprise team. Yeah, I could see why because I think Carter had six sacks in the year. He still had a pretty good year. But the way the Eagles defense just fell off, it felt like Anderson um, was more deserving than Jalen Carter. I just thought six sacks as, as a defensive tackle, and he was pretty good against the run. But you made a good point about the Eagles' defense completely falling apart at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, it's so yeah, and the Texas defense got better, and Will Anderson, and, and the th- thing about Will Anderson, he's only going to get better. And we talked about this Texans' future: Stroud, Will Anderson, Nico Collins. Uh, the, 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 the Houston has got a great future, such a bright future. Now we remember, you know, last year we were talking about how big of a joke that organization was. They changed the narrative in one year, you know, drafting CJ Stroud, getting drafting CJ Stroud, and then trading up, give up their first, their number one, their first round pick this year to get Will Anderson. They got the two most important positions locked up now: edge rusher and quarterback. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're they're building a really nice young core down there, and they got the Broncos pick, I believe. You know, in this draft as well. So, um, you know, probably not as good as they once thought it was going to be. But um, yeah, you know, D'Amico Ryan's did a tremendous job in year one with this franchise. Um, and yeah, they they really changed the corner. They really changed that because yeah, last going to the last. April in that draft, it kind of felt like this franchise is a total disaster and a mess. They missed out on the first overall pick. And yeah, Will Anderson and uh, CJ Stroud have, have definitely, uh, you know, r- really changed. It, it's been a total 180 in the last in the last year for the Texans. And uh, it, it's, you know, nobody really thought, and especially the way after the all the Sean Watson's end, error ended down there. So yeah, it's those two could definitely kind of maybe bring Houston their uh, first First trip to Super Bowl, maybe even win one for him down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely I definitely could see that happening. Now we are going to go to Defensive Player of the Year. And that's, it was close for me between T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett. But I'm going to take Miles Garrett. I'm going to take Miles Garrett, four, 14 sacks, uh, really, really good against the run. And he was on a top defense. Pittsburgh's defense was good, but it wasn't as good as Cleveland's. Uh, you, you, a lot of people are saying Micah Parsons, but I just don't think Micah Parsons is, is as good as uh, Miles Garrett and uh, – TJ Watt and you saw him, you saw that you saw that Cowboys defense and when it all when it mattered most, it was pretty bad against Green Bay. So I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Miles Garrett here. I'm gonna go Miles Garrett for defensive player of the year. Yeah, I'm with you. I went Miles Garrett as well. Yeah, the defense, you know, just because Cleveland's defense was you know better than the Seals this year. And yeah, Garrett had 14 sacks on the year, four forced fumbles and uh 30 QB hits on the year. He, you know, and uh, you know, he's an absolute game wrecker out there and you know, Lake Watt, like the Seals are so much better when he's on the field. Same thing with Miles Garrett. Those, you know, there's a lot of really good uh, edge rushers so right now in the NFL. And uh, yeah, I decided to go with uh, Miles Garrett for defense player of the year. Yeah, I mean the, the guy, the guy was just phenomenal all season long. 14 sacks, great against the run. I mean, pretty much pretty, there was one game against the Colts where it was ridiculous. They could get like a blocked field goal to he blocked a field goal as well. So the guy, the guy is just phenomenal and. uh and uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be close between him and Watt, but I think uh, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be it's going to be uh, Miles Garrett. Now, lastly, the MVP, and uh, I think it's crazy how this is a pre- it's pretty obvious who it, who is going to be, even though his team is not going to be in the Super Bowl. And I think it's pretty obvious it's going to be Lamar Jackson. It's going to be Lamar Jackson. And I think the big reason for it is no quarterback really had a great year. Mahomes didn't have a great year. Burrow got hurt. Rodgers got hurt. So uh, a ton of the ca- top candidates got hurt. McCaffrey. You could make a case for Christian McCaffrey. Could could even make a case for a Miles Garrett. But as we've seen, this is a quarterback award. The last the last non quarterback to win this, I think, was Adrian Peterson back in twenty. I gotta I'll check I'll check on that. But the last uh, right. non quarterback to win it was Adrian Peterson back in 20, 2012. This is just a quarterback award. Yeah, it is. Um, it definitely is. It, it really has. It's the same thing like with the Heisman nowadays in college football. It just, it, it really kind of turned into that. So, um, you know, it, it's been, uh, it, so yeah, that's why I do think he's going to get it. Look, you know, he completed 67% of his passes. Um, yeah, a lot of quarterbacks kind of show this year, but I thought for the most part, Todd Monk in that offense, you know, they got better as the year went on. Um, Lamar was, his legs are a total weapon and, you know, there's a couple of games too where his wide receivers didn't help him out, or you know, that like steal a game on the road. They they should have won. They, you know, a couple of drop passes in the red zone, but they were they, they were the one seed. And um, yeah, I, I think Lamar, out of all the quarterbacks, and yeah, you can make the case obviously for Christian McCaffrey, but you just kind of tell that it doesn't go to him. 
um, you know, anybody besides a quarterback nowadays. So I do think McCaffrey's going to get, I mean, Jackson's going to get it. And you are, you are right. It's AP was the last one to, uh, the non, the last non quarterback to win in 2012. Yeah. It just seems like it's the core. They're giving it to the quarterback, uh, with the best record. And I don't mind the quarterback, definitely the most important position. But, uh, but the funny thing about Lamar Jackson is he's going to win. He's probably going to win two MVPs before he even plays in a Super Bowl. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it is. Has that happened? It probably was, I think, was Peyton, yeah, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Oh, Peyton, yeah. Okay. 3-0-4, Peyton won the MVP and before he played in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback. But the funny thing is he has as many MVPs as Patrick Mahomes, and he's not on Patrick Mahomes' level. No, he's no, it, he, he hasn't. And, you know, hopefully Zay Flowers kind of could kind of turn in that number one that he's been looking for, you know. Never, I probably, you know, who knows, he probably can't. But, um, yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, for Lamar, this kind of felt like the year they were finally to get there. But, yeah, um, falls short. But, yeah, he's still a talented quarterback. But, yeah, he's not he's not yet on the Holmes level. And uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe next year. But, you know, this kind of felt like the year for him. They let it do slip through the fingers. fingers. Yep, 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 yep. It, it definitely did. So we'll see what happens with Lamar uh, next season. But the Sixers big man is going to be out for a while. But before we talk about that, we are going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG's Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All righty, so the Sixers are going to be without their big man for for at least, so Embiid is out for at least four weeks. Uh, the big question here for the Sixers is, is, I mean, yes, he's out with 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 the, with the, with the meniscus, and the big question is for the Sixers is is uh, are they going to be able to make the play-in tournament? That that that's that, that's the big question. Because you look at where they are right now in the standings, um, 
They're in fifth in the East, but uh, Indiana is two and a half games behind. I don't think they're, I think they're going to have trouble ke- ke- keeping up with Milwaukee, New York, and Cleveland. But uh, you know, you got, you got Indiana two and a half games behind, and you got the Heat four games behind. I do actually think they 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 avoid the playing tournament. I think they avoid it. I think they finish in sixth. I think they tread water with Tyrese Maxey. I think they finish in sixth. We'll see what ends up happening with Embiid in the next four weeks if he plays in the postseason. But I do think they finish in six because I like Nick Nurse as a coach. And I think Tyrese Maxey is capable to win games for that team. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they do feel probably finish as a sixth spot um, in the East because, yeah, I, you know, the Heat, it is a Heat. They're four back of um, them, the Magic, are four back of the Sixers at the moment. But yeah, you know, the, the Magic have kind of come back down to earth. They're still really good, young, talented roster, and the Heat are the Heat. Like, I wouldn't be totally stunned if they make a run, but they've been very inconsistent throughout the year. So I do think the Sixers do find a way out of it, um, stay out of the, the playing. But, uh, you know, we'll see if they make a move in the next 24 hours or so, uh, you know, because they could be down, I think, four or five starters tonight. So, because I think Maxie's sick today. So, wow. Uh, For the game tonight, with the Warriors. Yeah. The Warriors. Yeah, yeah, so. No, I don't worry. They're struggling right now, but yeah. So, you know, hopefully, you get some guys back and maybe grab somebody uh, to trade down like next day or so. Yeah, that's gonna be the interesting part part for them. Uh, for me, I don't know if they're gonna do anything at the trade deadline. I think they're gonna kind of stand pat right now. I don't think they're really gonna do anything because you don't know what's gonna happen with Embiid. You don't know in four weeks he might be out for the playoffs, and then if you trade an asset, it's it's a waste. So, I don't think they're gonna do anything at the trade deadline. But what do you think, Justin? You think you think they what, what do you think they should should make a move at the trade deadline? I think they should because, and I and I get your point with Embiid. You may, he may not come back. He's been a guy that's every year in the playoffs. It feels like he goes down with an injury at some point. Like he's been somebody that hasn't totally been able to stay on the floor. But Embiid's gonna be a free agent after next season, or the you know next season, I believe. I think it's next season. Um, yeah. yeah. So you gotta kind of decide with him. You want to kind of keep him around and get going around. You know. Um, keep him around, and and you have Maxi, who's still a couple years away from you, you, having to pay him. So, if you get another asset, you know, you can bring somebody in, kind of help fill the void, and kind of help keep him beat here because the East is wide open right now too. Like, I don't, I know the Celtics are thirty and twelve, but they take what forty five threes a game. Like, can that be sustainable for seven game series? You know, the Bucks, I don't trust Zach Rivers. The Cavs. The Cavs are legit. I really like your Knicks. I just hope you guys get healthy because I know you guys lost like what three guys last night too yeah, in the game. Yeah, so. and Obi's out and Randall's out. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I know Brunson Brunson's went down. Brunson's banged up too. They might all so. not play against Dallas tomorrow. Yeah, so uh, you know, if your Knicks get healthy, like I, I like the Knicks too. But like this thing, I think could be really wide open these. So if you can bring somebody in, I do it because I don't, you know, like I, I think somebody like a. Outside of you know, I think you know top, you know five six. Like I think the Pacers could be a threat with their offense. I know oh, they absolutely with Halliburton, but... absolutely yeah. So yeah, I think the East is wide open. I, I really do. So on the Sixers, I, I try to make a run if you you know get it get a trade if you can. Yeah, I mean I don't know if the East is wide. I still think the Celtics. I mean I'm admitting it now. I think the Celtics are clearly the best team in the Eastern Conference. But yeah, outside of that, there's a good chance you can get to the con- you can get to the conference finals. But but I just don't think a move if if say Embiid's out for the year and you have to trade an asset that wouldn't be good that would not be a good move so I just I would just stamp Pat right now if I'm the Sixers. 
Yeah, and I could see, yeah, you're kind of waiting to see what happens and, you know, if you can get him back or not. But, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't be totally shocked the Sixers end up doing that as well. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do here yeah, the next day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see. And, I mean, it's, it's just – the funny thing is this franchise just can't get a break. They just can't get a break. I mean, really been – they've been to the conference finals, I think, in 20, 20 – semifinals, 2018, 2019 – because they lost the Celtics 2018, 2019, they lost that buzzer beater of the Raptors. 2020, they lost in the first round. 2021, we all remember the game where Ben Simmons didn't shoot the ball. Uh, then in uh, 2020, uh, 2022, they – I'm trying to remember they did in a, who they lost to in, in – uh, no, they, they they lost the Heat in 2022. And then the, uh, then the Celtics again in uh, 2023. So – Really, in the last six years, they've been to the conference finals five times, and they still can't get over the hump. And you thought this might be the year with Tyreek Maxey the way he was playing, with Joel Embiid the way they were playing. We thought this might be the year, and it could have very easily been the year if Embiid was healthy because of the way, he's, as you mentioned, the way the Bucks were playing. The Cavaliers, they don't trust. The Knicks, the, you, you don't trust them late in the playoffs either. So this could have very easily been the year, but now it looks like it's not going to be the year. Yeah, damn. Part of me says it's karma for literally trying to tank like they did a decade ago yeah, and the yeah, way they yeah. went, you know, trust the process and yeah. it's karma for the way they went about that. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's been a team that hasn't and the city that very passionate been waiting for this team to finally get over the hump. And now they, what they started out, what, like 18 and three, 19, like they got out to such like a good start as well. And they, they looked really, you know, they looked like they were prime and, and uh, that they're going to be right there at the Celtics and Bucks, and yeah, it, it just hasn't uh, it hasn't gone well the last couple couple of weeks here for them, and they've struggled defensively since Embiid went out. So, yeah, they've had a hard, hard time getting it done here, and uh, yeah, on the playoffs. And I know Embiid a couple of weeks ago was he wanted to go on the, the Nuggets run that Jokic went on last year, and yeah, that kind of looks like that's out of the question for at least right now. And 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 also, what's out of the question for Embiid is the second straight MVP, which he was on his way to. He was on his way to winning his second straight MVP. That's out of the question too. Yeah, it is, and you know, yeah, with the new sixty-five games thing, it kind of felt like it was gonna be tough for him to win it because he he is somebody that will miss some games. Um, but yeah, he was having an unbelievable year. He's shooting over thirty-five percent from three. You know, he's you know he's just he's such a dominant force, and he's really gotten better. Each year, he's you know that shot's gotten better. So yeah, you know he's he's a fun player because he can really dominate a game. And uh, yeah, he was clearly the you know, on on his way to get another MVP uh, this season. Yeah, I mean obviously he needs to get done in the postseason, but he's clearly to me he's a top ten player in the game. I know a lot of people think he's top five. I don't like his postseason record, but to me he's clearly a top ten player in the game and a player that uh, if Sixers don't have, there's no way they're even winning a playoff series. Yeah, absolutely. Even though they have Maxi, I know you still got Tobias Harris, but you know, I know he's getting up there. Like, yeah, there's, you know, it's not a great roster. So, um, kind of outside of those guys. So, yeah, you know, if if uh, you know, so yeah, he's one. Of, he's I put him as well in the top ten. It's he's one of the best. He's one of the best centers in the sport. Um, but yeah, without you know, without him, yeah, it's been a totally different team, and you kind of seen it the way they they played the last couple of nights here against Brooklyn and uh. The magic they they really struggled without him so you know i know they missed a couple other guys as well in the starting lineup but yeah the, you know he, he he definitely uh it's definitely a huge loss for that franchise 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, Thursday is the NBA trade deadline. Now, obviously, he doesn't have the buzz that's had the last couple of years. As, as last two years ago, we had James Harden getting traded to the Sixers, and then last year we had Kyrie getting traded like three or four days before the trade deadline, and then Durant gets traded at the trade deadline. So uh, it's not the excitement of this year. Pretty, pretty much, pretty much the big names for me are Dejounte Murray and D'Angelo Russell. And I don't see either getting moved. I don't see Russell getting moved because I still think the Lakers have a chance. And you could argue he's still their third best player, third best player on their team. Now, shows you how big of a how 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 much how much LeBron and AD are clearly their two best players. If you're going to call D'Angelo Russell their third best player, and then for uh, then for the Hawks, they're still in the playing tournament. I, I don't know if they're going to get what they want for Dejounte Murray. That's the big story. Of this trade deadline is: Will the Hawks get what they want for Dejounte Murray? Do the Hawks move Dejounte Murray? Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Um, because yeah, you know, Hawks, they're sixteen and under. Like, yeah, you know, the the young Murray, they kind of just don't seem to work together. Um, I know that Jazz have made an offer, and they and the Hawks want two uh, first round or yeah, two first round picks. Utah has that, you know. So we'll see. Maybe Utah makes a move, but yeah, I don't see the. I don't think the Lakers have the assets because they don't. I don't think they want to move LeBron or AD and, um. So, like, I could maybe see the Jazz, but it sounds like it's just them and the Lakers that are going at it. And I think the Jazz, with him, Colin Sexton, and Keontae George could make a pretty nice backcourt. And then, you know, you got a marketing as well, um, you know, at the four spot. So, Jazz could have a really nice young core there if they can bring him in. But, um, you know, I, yeah, I, it's definitely a much – going to be a much lower deadline here. But, um, you know, Siakam's kind of the big one that's been a couple weeks ago and, OG and Nobi to your next probably a month ago now, but not, by now, but um, yeah, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if Murray does not get moved, but I see if he does, I think it's Utah. Yeah, it would be nice to yeah see Utah get a player like that. Yeah, they they definitely need another score with with marketing with with uh, with Colin Sexton with Jordan, with Jordan Clarkson. They they need another guy in that lineup. That would be a really good pickup for Utah, a Utah team that is uh that's still that's in the tenth spot in the uh, that's in the tenth spot in the uh. Western Conference, and that plays really, really well at home. That team plays great at home, so that would be, yeah, I wouldn't mind DeJounte Murray going there, but yeah, yeah, the Raptors pretty much made the big trades before the trade deadline. The Knicks getting OG and Anobi, which has really, really helped that team. I mean, that's really changed that team. The team has like two or three, two or three losses since Anobi's gotten there, so that's really, really helped that team. And then, uh, and then, yeah, with uh, with Siakam going to the Pacers, and I think that's going to help the Pacers too. I think those two trades are really going to help the Knicks and the Pacers going forward. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, it will, you know, the Pacers with Siakam at the four spot, another good shooter. I know it's a team that doesn't play a ton of defense, but um, the scores that they have, you know, it's pretty tough to, uh, it's going to be tough to stop that team in and night, night in and night out. Um, And, and with Halbert and just that guy's an absolute stud and, uh, you know, um, that's tough to watch night in and night out when he was on your team previously. And then with the Knicks, you know, RJ Barrett just didn't fit, you know, and OG Abinobi, he's not, you know, Barrett want need the ball in his hands. Uh, OG didn't and, or doesn't. And you can kind of see it. He's the guy that then he's really good in defensive end. He just kind of fits the Tom Thibodeau mold mold. And, uh, you know, but that young, you know, with Brunson and the other Nova guys you got, you got on that roster, uh, yeah, the Knicks are fun, and it's definitely a team they can get healthy. They can get uh, um, uh, Mitchell Robinson back too at some point. You know, Randall hopefully. Like you got those guys back. Uh, 
the team that's definitely going to be there in the Eastern Conference. And I wouldn't be shocked to see that team playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, the way they're playing right now, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Winning 10 of 11. The way Thibodeau is, you know, it's still defense into this team. The way Jalen Brunson, I know he's, he's hurt. He's hurt right now. But the way he's played has been better than any Knicks fan has expected. So it's a really, really exciting time to be a Knicks fan. Yeah, you should be. It's I know a couple of years ago they got out to that fast start and it kind of you guys finished what it was two years ago, like the five or five seed, I believe. It was a, a four, 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 four seed, four, four seed, and then we were the five seed four. last year. Okay, so yeah, I okay, so um, because you guys, yeah, a couple of years got really fun start. I know it kind of you know didn't go great against the Hawks two years ago in that first round game, but um. Yeah, other than, you know, but yeah, like the way it's building, Brunson's a total star. He should be starting the All-Star game. Um, he's an unbelievable pickup, and, you know, Tom Thibodeau is one of the best coaches in the sport. So, yeah, you should, and there's, there's a lot of, uh, first time in a long time, it really feels like the Knicks have a real legit shot at this thing, that they can really get out of the Eastern Conference. So, um, finally for this franchise, I know, you, you know, the, the Knicks fans have been waiting for this thing for a long time, and it feels like their chances as good as, good as it's been in 20 years oh absolutely oh without without a doubt i mean this is the most sustained success the knicks have had since the late 90s and, and early 2000s and guess who was there with jeff van gundy on that staff in those days tom thibodeau so yeah this is the this is definitely the best chance they've had yeah they had the carmelo years but you knew in the carmelo years that team was 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 not was not anywhere near as good as the heat i mean obviously you know three years three years ago they they played the hawks in the first round but you knew that team wasn't great had alfred payton as a starting point guard last year they got close last year. They lost the team that made it to the NBA. They, they made they lost the team that made it to the NBA Finals, and uh, in, in six games with the Miami Heat. And this year, I think yeah, they're they're this is legit. This is a legitimate shot, and it'll be fun here in the Garden in the playoffs again this postseason. Yeah, absolutely. You know them. Uh, we'll see if the Ranger could kind of figure out their slump, and you know, hopefully the Garden. Those two definitely be rocking this this spring. And yeah, you know, Brunson just he's been great for you guys, and. uh He's so fun to watch, and you know he's a guy that's gonna leave on the floor night in and night out. And yeah, the one thing about Brunson, Brunson makes guys around him better. Carmelo never did, and you know, no knock on Carmelo. I know he got you guys to the playoffs, but couldn't get you much further than that. So, um, yeah, Brunson just great. Giovatenjo has been another really good pickup. I don't know, Kings never played him. I don't know why, because he's he's a really good. He kind of just does a little bit of everything. Josh Hart's been really good. Like those Nova guys, they just. They just stick around in the league, and you know that's why Jay Wright's so great. They just they know. just know the game. Exactly, they, they just know the game of basketball. It's why Jay Wright's you know? one of the greatest greatest college so, basketball coaches of all time, hands down. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and yeah. you see the Villanova yeah. program since he's left. Yeah, it looks like they're going to miss the tournament yeah. again. Yeah, with a top five roster in the sport, and I really do believe that. So, yeah, Cal Neptune's trying to teach his principles like Jay Wright, and it. It hasn't worked. No, clearly because he's not Jay Wright. Exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, the Knicks are fun. I hope you guys make the run because uh, be great and hopefully that finally. I know Jalen Brunson's a star right now, but maybe this does attract a Joel Embiid or Carl Anthony Towns to to want to come to New York as well. So I think this could only be uh, you know, hopefully it's the start of something uh great for New York basketball. Yes, let's hope it is. Let's let's hope it let's hope it is the start of something great for the Knicks. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R and J for Steve Risser. I'm Justin Anafrio. We'll no, for, for, no for, for for Justin Anafrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week recapping the Super Bowl, doing our NBA midseason report, and talking about UConn's 
huge matchup with Marquette. So have a great weekend, every, everyone, and enjoy the Super Bowl. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have... Joel first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley... He's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to me. Taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, the Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.